This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. As you all know, I had my first baby back in February. Jonathan is an absolute joy, and it took a conscious commitment to spiritual growth to help me get past fears that were holding me back from starting a family. This is part of a series of episodes focused on what is possible in pregnancy, birth, and having a family. Whether you're thinking of having a family, have written it off for a variety of reasons, wanting to delay it, or you have your own worries about it, you'll learn about tools and techniques you can use, how to overcome fear, and what it takes for you to embrace your own circumstances, whatever they may be. What does a reoccurring dream about clowns and babies have to do with realizing your unique gift to the world? Meet Micah DeSantis, an energy healer, conception catalyst, and self-proclaimed soul baby whisperer. You'll hear how her miracle touch helps women conceive, how dealing with multiple sclerosis led her to embrace the powers of energy healing, and her three-step process to help you release blocks and allow your soul baby into your life. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Micah, it is so great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So before we dive in about Conception Catalyst, because I want to learn more about that, tell us about how this kind of spiritual journey got started for you. Okay. Um, for me, um, it started, my first memory of it was when I was a baby. Um, from the time I was um, from two and three, um, I actually had dreams um, almost every night that were the same. Um, and even as a baby, I remember being awake for some of them, but I don't know how, I guess I didn't know how to describe that when I was a baby. Um, but it's interesting because it, the dreams I was having, um, I didn't understand at the time, but now doing what I'm doing now, it all kind of ties back in to each other. So it's become, um, really opening for me. But anyway, so when I was around two years old, I would have a dream that I was taken, from my house, um, and I by a bad clown, I would call him. Um, and we'd walk by a glass house, and inside the glass house would be filled with babies, like all little kids my age, and they'd all be crying. And with them would be the good clown. That's what I would call him. Um, so this would happen. This happened for like a year of my life, and every um, single night, almost every single night, clowns are scary. It was scary, and I would <laughs> and I would hear sounds, and I and. And I would be awake and I would tell my parents, I said, you know, I would hear foot, um, like footsteps on the roof and I would say flippers and, you know, flippers in the attic. And, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know how to really describe what was happening at the time. 
Um, and the weird thing was my father was having his own experiences some of those nights and he's telling my mother and I'm telling my mother and she's like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> like she was like, eh. um, so that went on for about a year of my life and then it kind of stopped for me. Um, but um, the one weird thing was that during that time, my father had some kind of message come through to him one night and it said, you're going to do something for Micah. And um, we would always go to this pizzeria in town and across the hallway from it was this little art gallery. So we would walk around the art gallery and we went in one night and there was the painting of the good clown that I would, that was in my dream, the exact clown. And he had a teardrop mm -hmm. running down his face. And um, I said, that's the good clown. And my dad's like, do you want me to buy that painting for you? And I was like, yes. And he bought it for me. And um, we brought it home and later saw that the painter's name was Micah, spelt like the Bible. So my parents were, you know, of course, I didn't know this when I was two, but, you know, he's kind of freaking out. And he's like, oh, my God, this is what I was supposed to do for her. Um, so anyway, so that was kind of that. And then and that stopped. And then just throughout my life, um, I've always kind of, I guess, been spiritual. Um, I was always open to things. So I would have dreams that would come true a lot. I would kind of know things without realizing I was knowing them and other people weren't, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um so, so that's always been a part of it. And then I just, you know, kind of lived a normal life and, um, went on, I worked for IBM and, and, you know, did the, the big corporate type thing. And while I was there, it was a very stressful job. I worked a lot of hours and I was here in the city. So I was, you know, running around a lot and I actually wound up getting sick and, um, I was diagnosed with MS. And so I went through a phase of, you know, you know, that fear kind of hit me and I went along and I decided, you know, I'm going to take all the medicine that they want me to take and I'm going to do this and that. And I, and I think during that period, I kind of lost contact with everything outside, you know, it was kind of like all those things that I, all that like magic and all that thing that was, they always knew was there kind of seemed to be put on hold. You know, I think just between like the fear of being sick and being on medication and kind of being out of touch with like myself, um, I went through a couple of years of a phase of just kind of like being maybe numb or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, um, ironically, I think the, the one thing that kind of like opened my, up my eyes again was, um, putting my, having to put my dog to sleep, um, when he got older and he had cancer and we had to put him down and, um, and I was holding him and, you know, they're doing the process and I'm watching and, and all of a sudden I, we, you know, we look in each other's eyes and I just saw, I saw us together in different lifetimes. <laughs> it was crazy. I saw us in past lifetimes together, future lifetime, you know, currently, and it, and it, and it all came flooding back to me. And I was like, wow, this is, I've kind of forgot all this. <laughs> and that kind of like really woke me up again. Um, and I just started you know, I don't, I don't think I purposely started anything, but all of a sudden it was like people, different people were coming into my life, you know, and I started meeting people who were like introducing things to me. And, um, and I just started to kind of remember it all again. And, um, and then the whole thing with the, <laughs> the, um, the soul baby connection thing started coming up again in talks with people that I was meeting. And, um, I'll have to go back to that and explain like what happened with the soul baby piece. Um, but anyway, so, all, so all the pieces of my life and all these like little moments, um, came back together again. So. That's really 
incredible. Oh, I'm like tearing up just thinking about <laughs> something about dogs. I know. And <laughs> dogs it, and babies, but like, yeah. but dogs. And, and the, the dog, fact- for me, it was a surprising thing since, you know, I wasn't a huge like animal person. And, and, and you know, I was close with my dog and I loved him, you know, but I it never, I never have guessed that it, it would have brought me to that level. <laughs> And I would have experienced something like that with him. So right. it was pretty cool. What were what were some of the memories of, of like being with your dog and other like was your dog still a dog or and, you know, it, and it was so quick <laughs> what was happening when I when this like all flashed. So it, it wasn't really a dog, it was just a soul. It was just kind of like all the like I just I, I wouldn't even know how to describe it. It wasn't necessarily a person or a dog or anything. It was just really his soul. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. But that but the two of you were together yeah. in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, so you've had these dreams and this good clown and the bad clown means something. How do you make sense of what happened in those dreams and how does it relate to what you do today? So all the you know, from the time I was little and, and years leading up, um, as a teenager, we kind of like, you know, we talk about it and, you know, I would guess things like maybe it was like an alien thing or, or something yeah. like that, where maybe, you know, if, even if it was like dreams of aliens, maybe I was describing them as, you know, maybe I saw them as colorful or something or the big eyes. So I, you know, maybe clowns. But um, when I was, um, when I was first married, um, we, we had a, a party at my house and my sister um, came with her friend, who I had met a few times. And throughout the night, we, we were talking, and she was telling me how she um, was trying for over a year to get pregnant, and you know nothing was working, and this wasn't happening, and all this thing. And and I don't even at the time I have no idea why I said it, but I was meant it, and I was very serious. And I said, "Well, I can help you get pregnant." You know, I said, "But I'm gonna uh, to touch you, and then you're gonna have to have sex tonight." So I don't know if you're up for it. You know. Or, you know having some drinks and stuff, you know, she was like, no, she's like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we'll use your bedroom. <laughs> so, uh, so I did. And I don't, the, again, the whole thing was like, I've never done this before. I don't even know where it came from, but I just touched her like, you know, in her, on, on her forehead, like on her third eye. And, um, it took a second and I closed my eyes and I actually saw like a flash of like a baby boy's face and, um, just took a few seconds and, you know, she went off and did her thing. And um, two weeks later, <laughs> she found out she was pregnant. And um, it was kind of like, whoa, you know, like, you know, we were, my sister and her were kind of laughing about it. Like, oh, maybe it's from Micah's touch and all that stuff. Um, and then my other sister at the same time was trying to get pregnant. She was trying for about eight months. And I said to her, well, I can do the same thing I just did for, you know, our friend. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And we did it. And she got pregnant that night. <laughs> And wow. then, yeah, so that that kind of how it started, and um, and a couple of years went by, and any of my friends or family that were going through the same thing, I would do the same process, and they would become pregnant. And I never, I didn't know why I was doing that. I didn't know why I was touching them on, you know, on their third eye or any of that. Um, but in the last two years, I've done so much training with like energy healing and things like that, and I actually. Um, discovered that you know the third eye connects with your pineal gland which is connected with fertility so i guess there must be something with me touching them there that opens up some kind of channel 
or, or, or does something that triggers something there. So I just thought that was like very interesting because, you know, I had no idea why I was doing it. I never read about that before. Um, so I, I don't know. So maybe that's a piece of it. You know, maybe it's just by chance. Um, so but. you felt you, f- you felt called to know like where to touch and, and I'm just like trying to put that together. <laughs> I know. You're just like, I just know to, if I place my hands here that it will result yeah. in. And something. it, and it was, it was no doubt in my mind. I mean, mm. even, you know, again, I don't know why, but you and know, it was but, before your energy healing training. I would, or... yeah, I never delved into any part oh, of wow. that in my life. And even at the time, you know, I, I still didn't right away, you know, it was just kind of like, Oh, you know, it almost became, you know, like a party trick, you know, like, Oh, Micah can touch you. And, you know, and it, and it would work. But then about two years ago, um, talking about it with other people who are kind of like in this energy field, um, you know, the story would come up about my dreams as a baby. And I still, even, even through all that, I never connected having all those babies in the, in that dream be around and what I was doing. And then somebody said to me, well, you know, you, you know, you could think about it a million different ways, but maybe that has, that has something to do with why I can connect with these soul babies or connect, you know, helping people conceive is kind of like whatever was happening to me as a baby, maybe it was a I don't know, a past life memory or something I was doing then, or maybe it is these soul babies who, who seem to come through, um, you know, teaching me or, or, or somehow working with me in order to be able to do this stuff now. So it's kind of a, a cool discovery Ooh, <laughs> to put that together. I love that. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's so remarkable when, when we can look back at these pivotal moments in our lives and we might not even know they're pivotal until we connect the dots and then see the the through line i i always find that it it just boggles my mind at how complex the universe is in orchestrating all of this however that happens (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and there's something about talking to people about it you know because i remember when i first brought it up to someone um about two years ago. And she was like, well, who have you been talking to about that? And she said, oh, well, that must be the connection. And I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. She said, well, who were you talking to about it? And I was like, I've never talked to anybody about this. Right. Like people like, will think like I'm insane, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so, so there is something to be said about, you know, when people say like, you know, speak your truth and, you know, be able to come out and say these things, no matter how crazy it might be to some people, it really does lead you down these other paths that really, you know, especially being able to do what I'm doing now and seeing how it touches these women's lives. And it's, you know, it changes things drastically for them. I mean, they're going through something when they're trying to conceive and they're having trouble. It's really hard for, for them to get past, you know, some of that fear and everything to, to let go of that, to be able to then conceive. So, um, you know, so it would have been a shame, right? If, (laughs) if I, if I, you know, if I didn't come out with it and, and, and start talking to, you know, at least one person about it to then lead me down the path to meet some of these other women. What would you say is the process of, um, like you talk about soul baby, but what's, what's the, if we were to zoom out a bit and see how this all fits in with, with spirit, like before life, um, before conception, what's your understanding of 
I don't know, like the timeline of, of what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if I have like an exact answer for that, um, but I do think that there's that, you know, we're connected with these soul babies at, you know, at some at, at some point where we become aware of it. But I think we're connected for a long time. Um, I and think soul babies meaning like. Kind, you know, like if you almost visualize kind of like out in like, you know, a celestial realm or something, you know, these little like cherubs. <laughs> yeah, kind of looking down and, and, and you know, seeing like we talk about like, you know, like, you know, I know there's like little kids who sometimes say, well, like, you know, I picked you. You know, they'll tell their parents, like, right. I picked you. I was, you know, I was watching and I was, I wanted to come live my life with you. And I think that is kind of what happens and that they're they're kind of looking down and they're seeing it. And that's why when I work with them and there, there's certain things that – a lot of times that women have to kind of work through or release um, to be open to then connect with that soul who's kind of there <laughs> hanging around watching. Um, so I think I think that, you know, I don't know what the, the time frame is or kind of, of what, how that works, but I think they're 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 there waiting to come in at the right time and to, you know, and for whatever different reasons, wanting to come in. Um, at certain times and during certain lifetimes and wanting to experience different things. So there's kind of like that, like you were saying, like the universe moving things around to kind of make things <laughs> work out. Um, I think that happens with the connection with the soul babies. And that's why when I work with women, it's not just women who are trying to conceive biologically. I mean, if they're, if they're adopting or they're going through surrogate, um, to me, it's the same process. It's connecting with that soul. And there's a reason why there's that specific soul, whether it's coming through through your your body or not um there still is that connection and reasons behind why they're coming through that way Mm, fascinating (laughs) coming up you'll hear more from micah about soul babies and how she does what she does to bring them into this world Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Hi guys, Julie here. This episode is sponsored by Lisa Wolfson, who's a medical Reiki master, teacher, and birth doula. You may remember her from episode 68, where we talk at length about how she was an important part of my labor and delivery for our son, Jonathan. She's such a loving person. She gave us a sense of peace during this experience, and I highly recommend her. She's also a crystal healer and a transitional doula. So if you want to learn more and work with her, just contact her at Reiki with L. Wolfson at gmail.com. And this is awesome. She's offering 20% off for her services and trainings. All you have to do is mention all possibilities. And again, that email address is Reiki with L Wolfson at gmail.com. That's R E I K I W I T H L W O L F S O N at gmail.com. Micah. So I'm still trying to piece together how this all works. <laughs> and and it's interesting because I look back at my own um, period of 
of wanting to have a baby. And and I did, you know, one of the exercises in, in, in a book, like suggested connecting with the spirit of my baby to to understand like what what I had to do, whether it's like changing my beliefs or being healthier or whatever, to create the space for this baby to actually materialize. And I thought that was a really fascinating thing to do, which is um, funny since I like typically connect with spirit anyway. So, but to have such intention behind it and to have a, like an actual soul come in afterwards to me was just mind boggling and and brand, (laughs) brand new experience. So from your experience, what are some of the, the, like the situations where uh, someone may come to you and say, you know, I need help with receiving this baby like what what usually is going on in their lives for them to come to you um yes it's 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 a couple of different things um the one thing i find is that rarely do they even um are they even aware of the whole concept of connecting with the spirit so um a lot of you know it's actually funny i find that a lot of my clients come um because they've had um, some kind of like a some kind of loss. Uh, I mean, and that's not by design, but it just seems to be like you know. So a lot of women have miscarriages, and I find that they don't get that that time to grieve or to go through that process in our society. Um, it's kind of like you know, especially when it's an early on miscarriage. It's kind of like okay, you know, you had a miscarriage. Are you, when are you going to try again or whatever the next you know or, you know when your friends and family are talking to you and trying to kind of keep you going. Um, and I think there's an energy that gets stuck um, when that happens. So a lot of times, like, when women come and see me, they don't necessarily know that that's a piece of it. You know, and they just might be coming because they're, they're just trying to conceive and it's taking longer than they wanted. Um, but I find that's a big piece to kind of work through first. Um, and when I work with women, it's usually like I'll do um, a Reiki-style healing. So just trying to, you know, on block um, – any energy, you know, physically like in our chakras or anything like that. Um, but I also do um, some imagery exercises with them as well. And it helps them um, connect with the soul that they lost. So um, there's different ones. So that you know, they can try to connect and, you know, even ask questions like, you know, are, are, are you going to come back in another form or is there something, you know, I, I should know or do or things like that. And um, I, I personally do get some messages from the soul babies, but really what I like to do is to teach these women how to connect on their own. Um, so through these exercises, I worked with a, um, a doula who trained me on some of, um, this dream birth imagery work. And, um, and it's been great because they're, they're very quick exercises. So they're all about a minute each and the way that it's, it's worded and set up, it actually kind of brings you almost to like a dream state within that one minute. So, you know, I, I'll read something to them and they can visualize so much happening in that one minute. So um, they're able to actually connect and, and to kind of to kind of manage through what that energy is still doing there. So I find that to be a big part of the process. Um, so um, so I, I so I, I have this like three step process that I do. So I call arc and it's acknowledge, release and connect. So kind of acknowledging 
where you are. <laughs> you know, what what pieces do you know? Are you like already, you know, are you already aware of that might be stuck there? What things, um, you know, we'll talk about things like, you know, your family history, your family ancestry and what their beliefs were around having babies. You know, do most of the women tell their stories about how hard it was? how easy it was, how, you know, it was a fun, you know, so there's all these different things that we don't even realize we take the energy on of, and that sticks with us. And that that actually affects whether we're conceiving or not. So there, and then, then it's acknowledging, you know, like acknowledging our bodies and, you know, thanking our bodies and, and doing that whole thing. So it's kind of like both sides of it, like the stuck pieces, the positive pieces, and just kind of the lay of the land there. And then from there, releasing the things that, no longer serve us, you know, so that this, the old stories that we were told that, that we have no, no need for, um, kind of, you know, the healing, whether it's a miscarriage or an abortion or a loss or, or anything like that. Um, and then the third step connecting. So it's connecting back with yourself and then, then actually like opening up those channels to be able to connect with the spirit. And I, I mean, me personally, I find that very few of my clients connect with spirit on any level. So it's, that's kind of like the new piece for them um, is to really be able to pick up on the signs, you know, and put on the radio and, you know, know that there's a message coming in for you, you know, things that people wouldn't think about. Um, so that's kind of all the pieces that I, I work with when women come in. For for people who have miscarriages, do you find, and you may or may not know this, but do you do you think that the soul comes back in? Like, by like, let's say they're they are able to conceive, does the soul then come back at that point, or or are they multiple souls? Let's say if if there are multiple miscarriages, yeah, I think it can be both. Mm-hmm. I think it depends. I think that there there are souls that will come in, you know. You can become pregnant. The soul might come in. Um, then it might leave. It might, res- you know, result in a miscarriage. Um, but I, th- I don't think they go away. I don't think it means that they go away forever. I think that they're either they either came in to begin with for a reason, um, or they might come back. I, I, I think it, or they might not. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I think it can go either, you know, any direction. Um, but I think that I think they do come back. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them kind of do their, you know, whether it's like a lifetime, a karma thing <laughs> where they come in and, you know, that was their karma to come and leave, um, or, or, you know, or not, you know, and, you know, it, it, you know, it depends on people's beliefs too. You know, they, some of these souls, you know, are still there, you know, right. watching and around, but, um, just might not come in as, in the physical form. Mm-hmm. So. But again, with their individual work and going through some of these exercises, they usually get to that answer for themselves. Mm, got it. It's such a it's such an emotional time, and and so the like the first step of acknowledging what what's going on and being able to release it is, I think, incredibly incredibly important. Um, what are the what are the kinds of challenges that women have to release that they may not be thinking of? Um, like, does it have to, do you think it relates to their sense of worth? Do you think it's like fears that they have about, you know, are they ready for a baby or like financially or emotionally or whatever? Like what, what are some of the um, examples that you can share 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, obviously it could be anything, right? But um, yeah, there's, you know, it depends on, on the woman. I mean, well, we all know like the, the just everyday pressures, right? You know, you cut to a certain age and it's like, oh, you know, everybody starts asking, when are you having a baby? When, you know, this and that. And um, I, I think I find that especially I think it's hard now because – you know, there's social media and there's, you're seeing everything that everybody's doing, right? So you're seeing all these women who yeah. are pregnant, right? And now are having it's like their your baby. Facebook feed is like everybody's right. baby. Right. It's right. <laughs> Especially when you're trying, right? That's all you can see. Um, so I think, I think women, you know, have a hard time stepping back and really like getting a sense of what they really want. You know, I mean, there's like that whole thing, you know, there's a lot of women who are, you know, have their careers. So they kind of feel like, oh, well, I'm at that age, I should have a baby now. But they don't want to give up their career or, or they don't have to give up the career, but, you know, or make changes or slow down or things like that. So I think it's just being able to take the time to truly know what you want. Um, I think that's a big piece of it. Um, but I also think there's like this impatience around it, too. And there's so many medical things out there that women can try now that I've, I've noticed with clients that I've worked with that sooner than I would have, I guess, guessed, um, they're going and talking to doctors about IVF and things like that. Um, you know, and for me, I kind of like I try to warn them. And it's great, you know, this is nothing against going and working with these doctors because it's great stuff that they can do. But that whole process of just going to a doctor and working with doctors, that puts a whole other level of fear around the whole process. Um, so, you know, like, so when I work with these women, you know, I, I, to me, it doesn't matter if they're going through IVF or, or however they're going through. Um, I just try to keep that kind of that energy flowing, you know, so that so the fear doesn't sit there and that they can still make that connection. And, you know, the problem is like they can try, you know, IVF, I think it's like a 30% success rate or something like that. So without those other pieces, it's only going to get you so far. So it's kind of balancing all of that and, you know, just, just keeping it, um, again, like holding on to your power and holding on to that belief and letting the process happen and not, you know, not having the conception journey be, how fast can I get pregnant? It's, you know, sometimes it's going to take a long time and it's how do you, I don't know if the word is enjoy, but enjoy the journey or at least notice the journey and be a part of the journey instead of being, you know, here's my goal and everything in between is going to be very stressful and hard on me. <laughs> so it's, it's balancing that too. This reminds me of <laughs> the trying to conceive portion of time, which is, <laughs> Full of like now they have like ovulation, whatever detectors. You got apps. You have like all these things that just really take the fun out of it. Right. <laughs> and and so it's it is a layer of stress, yeah. and and it's like a stress where it is so easy to have a like a feedback mechanism where it's like either a yes or a no. Right. <laughs> and and so it's I, I can imagine that there is like on top of everything else that a person is dealing with, there is just this layer of, um, you know, additional stress that now with technology and now with medicine, you know, we can approach it in that way. But I guess, you know what, we choose to, right? Like, right. But it's, it is so hard to turn away from it, right? You know, it's, it's right in front of us all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But some of the things, like um, I just put out a um, this Alchemy Beats, um, which is it's it's sound healing basically. Um, it's very subtle sounds, but you listen to it with your earphones or earbuds, and and it's something that women can go and use without you know working with me or or just on their own, and it just gives them. Um, you know, you listen to them and they, it literally puts you into like another dimension. They're really, really amazing. Um, and there's this whole thing that happens where you, it allows you to kind of step away from all that, you know, and you get away from the social media and get away from people asking you questions. And even if it's, you know, it's like a 22 minute long, um, um, thing you're listening to, but you actually like kind of come back into yourself and the sounds that we created, it was, it's I call it the fertility code, but they're actually doing that energy healing for you. Um, and it's kind of clearing out, you know, the places where this fear gets stuck. And, um, and I just find them to be so magical. And those are the kind of things that I like to offer to my clients. Cause it's, you know, I think, I think it's hard for women to keep talking about it too. Right. <laughs> you know, if they're coming and sitting in a session with me, um, it's just another layer of them having to come and explain and talk about their feelings and things like that. So whether it's teaching them, you know, how to meditate or to listen to something like these, you know, the beats and things like that, I think are really important for these women too. Cause then I think it again, opens up these channels for them to be able to connect on their own. Um, I think like once that, that kind of switch happens, you know, and that light bulb goes on, it's like, Whoa, there is all this stuff out here. Um, whether they're they're communicating directly with the soul baby or whether it's just opening up to other possibilities, it, like that whole balance gets switched of that fear mode to, you know, wow, these possibilities and all this stuff that's out there that I can tap into. Um, so it's just finding like the right things for the right people, you know, and, and everybody's at these different levels and at these different um I want to call them levels, but like different things that they're working through in order to get to these next steps. You mentioned that when, when people or just like based on your experience, when people then start in, interfacing with doctors, there seems to be this um, layer of fear. And I'm I'm guessing it's, it's like having someone else external to you say, oh, whether this is going to be viable or not, or it's sort of like a black and white, like yes or no. Um, I'm curious, based on what you said of your own past with multiple sclerosis and kind of dealing with that journey and taking medication and going to doctors, how do you see all of that kind of converging for you? Like what what are the like bits and pieces that you've kind of learned and taken that that you can talk about? Yeah, that's a great question because it's there's so many things that I, looking back, would have done differently with my diagnosis. Um, and you're right. And I think that's why I, I do focus on that for, for women who are going to, to specialists um, for conceiving. Um, you know, this, as soon as I know for me, as soon as I got my diagnosis, I was like, give me all the options of what I need to do to stay well. And, you know, and not, you know, you know my big thing was not become paralyzed. Like, just tell me what it is and I will do it. Um, and I, you know, and they do and they prescribe you all these things. And, and I just ate it all up. And I mean, I, you know, for me, I mean, even, I was giving myself shots every day. So now I have like, you know, dents all over my body and stuff like that. And it's, it's stuff that I, I would never do now looking back. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't, it just, 
for me, I, I learned to heal in other ways. Um, but the same thing when you go, especially when, when you're trying to conceive in these, and I don't know who put these um, definitions in place, but when people tell me that they were diagnosed with unknown fertility, it's like my flags go up <laughs> and it's like, I just find it so unfair to be late, you know, diagnosed with that or labeled with that. Um, I just think that puts just kind of, I mean, I know for me, if, if I was getting that diagnosis, it would like stop me in my tracks and be like, whoa, what's wrong with me? And, mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and once, you know, and you know, like once you get in that mindset, no matter how much you want it, it's hard to kind of let that leave your mind, you know, and, and I think that that slows things down for, for a lot of women. And then, they're, you know, they're going and trying to, they're probably asking, well, what are my options? What can I do? And, um, and they might not have to go through some of those, those things, you know, like through the IVF and things like that. They might, but, you know, in, in a lot of cases, I don't think, you know, I think it's more of now you're in fear and there's this impatience and there's this, you know, I'm going to try everything I can to, to get, you know, to get to this point. Um, so I think that, you know, just, yeah, I think just me kind of looking back and sort of regretting some of the steps I took and just taking on that advice out of fear. I, I find that with, with a lot of women who, uh, who were taking longer, you know, getting that unknown fertility diagnosis. Mm. So. I even think that the term trying to conceive doesn't sit well with me. I think maybe because trying that particular word has this connotation of not quite getting there. Right, right. And so at the outset, like I'm, I remember just being on the internet and seeing all these forums and they have acronyms for every, everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, I was like, what is TTC mean? It means like the period of time when you're trying to conceive. And I was like, why, why is it trying? Because then, then it makes me then focus on on the fact that I'm not there yet. Right. Yeah. It's like it, the terminology just should be changed. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And it, and then you start comparing, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, what is your number and what does that, you know, and it's, <laughs> it sets off a whole other thing. So anyway, that's why I, I mentioned before about like staying in your power. Like mm -hmm. for me, that is so big, you know, it's like really like literally like, you know, touching your solar plexus and like putting it in place and holding it there and saying, no, like, you know, I manifest what I want to manifest and I, in that, and through that, and I will get to the point of connection and getting what, you know, and getting that connection and having, bringing that life here. <laughs> so it's, it's this whole thing of, uh, you know, it's a lot of belief and it's a lot of reminding yourself of your power and, and letting all that other stuff kind of go to the wayside and just stay focused internally and then connecting outwardly, if that makes sense. Coming up, you'll hear about some of the stories of uh, people that Micah has worked with and what happened after their conception catalyzation. Are you thinking of starting a family or know someone who is? Maybe you or your significant other are already pregnant and have a lot on your mind. My mission is to empower people to know all possibilities in every part of their lives, and family life is an important part of it. If you feel this may be a helpful resource or perspective for your friends and family, please share this series with them. You never know what kind of confidence, positive outlook, and sense of peace it may bring. 
Thank you for sharing all possibilities with others. Micah, so we kind of understand the process of how you go about um, working with the people you serve. Can you give us some examples of um, what happened and what happened after you touched them? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, one that's kind of funny is I had a, um, a client who uh, first emailed me um, when she first reached out to me and, you know, asked about setting up an appointment. So, um, so we were setting that up, but that night I had a dream about her or, or, I guess her soul baby <laughs> came through to me and it was so funny because she, um, this little, little soul girl, <laughs> um, it was like, I, I visualized, um, the woman, the client who reached out to me, um, standing on a stage. And then there were all these like little soul babies, um, on a, like a set of bleachers on the stage. And there was this little girl who came down and was kicking all the other soul babies out of the way. And I was like, she's mine. <laughs> it was like going right for her. So uh, the next day when I talked to the client on the phone, I was telling her, I said, you know, I had this dream last night after you reached out to me about, and I told her the dream and she was laughing. She's like, you know, I've gone to these different psychics and these different people and everybody's telling me I have this little, this little girl around me and that there's definitely going to, you know, when I do become pregnant, it's definitely going to be a little girl. So we were laughing about that. And then we had our session and, and she had been trying for a while. Um, and we did some of the imagery work and things like that. And, Basically, the message just coming through was, you know, telling her to to believe. Um, and then um, I did my little thing and my touch and um, like a Reiki tape session. And then she became pregnant after that. Um, but then I had her her soul baby come back in and give me another message. And it said to me, um, I want to see my bedroom. <laughs> so I had to reach out to the client. I'm like, you might want to start like just looking through magazines and like looking at different nurseries and, and things like that. Um so it's just funny because the, the souls, when they do come through, like their personalities are completely different. Um, so it's, you know, it's just like if they're here. So um, she was a funny one. Um, but I have a client who um, she actually um, she actually had a miscarriage and hers was was pretty late. It was like she was five or six months pregnant. And um, so she came to me just kind of to work through that energy. And, she you know, she wasn't trying again. She isn't yet still but um but her you know her little soul came in and it was she was funny she was almost like in the room like bouncing around and she was like mommy I play with you all the time and it was just really nice to like relay that to her and it just kind of shifted like kind of everything that she was working through I mean because her miscarriage it was a it was a whole other thing where she had to go through a surgery and everything like that so she was healing and there was this whole thing so it just kind of it kind of, again, slowed down the process for her, you know, where she was like able to now take the time and she, she's, you know, heard the soul was, was good and with her and she was able to keep healing physically and then she'll be ready to try again soon. Mm. Um, Have you ever had um, moments when the person did not conceive? Um, I'm still working with um, a client now um, and she's kind of in this process. So when I first met her, um, she was working through a lot of things where, um, she felt there were, there were other things happening with her, um, whether she might've been cursed and or like things like that. So it was this whole other layer of things going on with her. Um, so we worked through some of that, but at the same time, she was having some medical issues as well. So they were trying to figure out what the next steps would be and what they, what they could and couldn't do for her. Um, so the, so the next step, um, was her deciding whether or not to use a surrogate. So, um, 
it was a you know another example where as far as the way I work with them, it is the same thing. So, you know, she was, mm-hmm. she's having a lot of trouble deciding. She's like, you know, it's not going to be my biological baby. And, you know, I'm not sure what, how to handle that. And, um, you know, so I just kind of reminded her, you know, of like, you know, your connection with that soul is your connection. And it's, it's, it's up to you if you want to, what you want to do with it, but it doesn't change that. So, you know, cause she was working through and she was, you know, she was feeling connected with the soul. So it's kind of like, you know, that's a big piece of everything, not just when, you know, with conception is, is, you know, detaching from the outcome or what the outcome looks like um, and how, and how you're getting there. So that, I think that's a big piece too. It's, it doesn't always look the same in your mind or for each person. So it's kind of letting go of that attachment and then just kind of going through the process. So she's not pregnant yet, but we are still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's important to keep in mind is, is I think in, in the, um, kind of pregnancy and birth world, there's such a huge focus on, um, letting go of how the birth is going to take place. Like, is it natural? Is it, well, you need an epidural? Is it a C-section? And then, um, here it's like stepping it even further. It's like how you receive this baby right. could look very differently and 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 I, I hope I hope she does receive this baby and and you know if it doesn't you know it it is what it is right so it's just letting go right of our beliefs around it right I'm curious whether you having done this uh, a number of times what do you think is the science behind what happens either like from the moment you um work with them to like release these blocks to the point where you're doing energy healing or when you're like touching their third eye if if you could describe what happens and maybe you don't know what do you what do you think happens on like a scientific angle um, I think it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same thing of when, you know, um, I know Louise Hay in, in her book, You Can Heal Your Life, and she connects every possible illness with, you know, and there's an energy associated with it. Um, so I think, I mean, I, I wouldn't call that a science, but I think that's the concept that I kind of work by, um, is if we can kind of heal all these things energetically, then the f- the physical manifestations either heal or manifest or, or, or you wind up getting sick when they're not healed. So I think, you know, for me, it's without being scientific, scientific about it, it, it's kind of like, it's just, it's, it's core, you know, kind of connecting and coordinating and healing the energy with what we're working to manifest. So, um, so however that gets done, you know, and it's, you know, through the Reiki and through, um, some of the exercises and things like that. It's shifting all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting. And I, I, I'm, my mind is always focused on like how, if there is a research, you know, project or a science experiment we could do, like how, how would you provide evidence for something that I, I believe is real. And um, like, for example, in my own life, I, I remember, the first time I went to a psychic, I was going for like 
my grandmother had just passed away and like all these other things were happening and I was I was open at that time and all he kept talking about were these about these babies that wanted to come in mm. and my first reaction was just like no 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 I'm like not I'm I'm here for other reasons and I didn't want to hear it and every single time it was just about these souls that were just like tapping their feet like waiting <laughs> and so it took and then for me just like realizing that it's this is not this is not a science this is you know things that we're dealing with um on a very real emotional basis and i had to look at all the fears i had and like why why did i have such a reaction um you know what was i afraid of all of these things and then when i finally did the spiritual work around those particular um fears that was when we conceived right so like i can't say we were trying for that long but in my mind it was like these steps had to happen in order for for us to create the right emotional space to even allow a baby to come in right and it's letting go of those attachments right mm -hmm. <laughs> and then boom the mm -hmm. miracles happen right yeah and you hear so many stories like that right once people are trying trying and they stop trying or they start the adoption process or whatever it is. And then you hear, you know, a million stories and then they become pregnant and it's, you know, you hear those a lot. Mm. It's that letting go. Yeah. What do you think is the future for your work and like what, what you hope to create? Um, you know, it, it's, I'm hoping to create something that kind of is accessible to everybody um, you know, I am working with people remotely, which has been great. Um, you know, but I, you know, from the beginning, I'm so hands-on, obviously, like I do my touch. <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, as I'm learning and being able to, to do these things remotely is just so rewarding for me. Um, but I, you know, so I'm trying to create these in like the beats and, um, I'm writing an ebook right now, just things that I can kind of put out there to get to more people at once. Um, I, I just hope the message gets out that there is this other piece of connecting, mm -hmm. um, just to give so many women relief. I think that when you're not aware of that piece of it, there's, there's, you kind of get put into like a box <laughs> or there's only so far you can go. Um, and I think once you take that, that step into connecting, it kind of opens up so much and it just provides so much relief for so many. So I'm just working towards being able to do that on a, on a bigger scale. Mm. Final question. I know you work with women. What about men who, I don't know, they're dealing with their own, you know, issues <laughs> in terms of, let's say, like their, their piece of the puzzle. Right. Um, what, what do you think the story is behind, let's say, um, fertility issues or um, whatever's blocking that side. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, um, I haven't worked with men specifically on any any issue, like you know, physical me medical issues with them. Um, but I have worked with um, a husband or two of women that I'm working with, and um, I do Reiki with them and try to clear any blocks um, that are happening with them. Um, a lot of things come up with them. You know, the topic always winds up being something about their career and how they're not 100 percent happy, but then how they have to support their family. Mm -hmm. So th I think that's kind of a common theme. Um, 
as far as like what kind of fear comes around their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love to remind them about connecting too. I mean, a lot of these souls are personally connected with the dads as much as they are with the moms. Mm-hmm. So it is again, introduce, you know, unless, unless they're already kind of connecting, but introducing that to them and, and reminding them that they can take that time to meditate or to, you know, take notice of the different signs. And um, I think it's even bigger to remind men of that. You know, I think it's, at least the man I'm around, <laughs> it's harder for them to admit certain things that they might be, you know, feeling or if they're nervous or if um, if they even want to admit that they're kind of going there, you know, to that other that other realm of things. Mm. So it's it's good to to know that it's good for them to know they're supported as well. Right, right. That's a good reminder. We all can connect. Right. It doesn't doesn't have to be you know just just the woman. That's right. Um. Or or really, I mean. Nowadays, families look very, very different. And yeah. as long as we connect, Absolutely. I think that's really the, the end goal. Yep. Well, Micah, it has been a pleasure having you on the show and for uh, sharing with us this this lovely image of I love this when you were two <laughs> and then now these dreams and, and now really making dreams come true for, for people out there. So thank you. Thank you so much. And how can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your work? Um, they can. Uh, my website is um, www.lifesketching.com. Um, there you can email me, call me, message me. Uh, a Facebook uh, Facebook page is also Life Sketching. And uh, my email, it's mica at lifesketching.com. And for you, whether or not you are actively conceiving uh, a baby. My recommendation is to journal and see how you can connect with either the baby that you're trying to call in or something that you're trying to create, whether it's a job, a new project, or a relationship. I'm Julie Chan, and until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.